your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Avalanche fans, welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. And the Colorado Avalanche now take a 2 to nothing lead over the St. Louis Blues with a 6-3 to win. <clears throat> that score... Uh, might be a little weighted, and I think if some people just look at that score, they might think, oh, Avs kind of had this one in hand. It was anything but. Uh, it was a roller coaster ride for the Avs in this game, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, but first things first, follow the show, social media outlets, Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche, and definitely send questions, comments, concerns, and or opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. So in the end, yes, the Avalanche are up two to nothing. That's what you want. A win is a win. Uh, And the way that this thing was going early on, it seemed like the Avalanche were going to, uh, I don't want to say cruise to a victory, uh, but the first period was all Colorado. That's exactly how this team wants to, but they pretty much picked up where they left off uh, from game one. And you have to give some credit here to St. Louis because down three to nothing, uh, you know, Avalanche are on home ice, everything trending in the Avalanche direction. And I mean, everything. And then, you know, they kept playing and they kept fighting and they kept battling. So you have to give them credit. Uh, And the Avalanche, you could tell they took their foot off the gas just a little bit. Not not saying that they were cruising, thinking that they had this thing wrapped up, but uh, they just stopped forcing the issue on the offensive end when that clearly was working for them uh, in the first one and a half periods. But uh, they... they I think both teams learned a lot here. I think St. Louis learned uh, maybe a different way to play Colorado to stay in the game. And I think Colorado learned these are the playoffs. You can't, you you have to keep the momentum going. Uh, It's their style of play. When they get out of that style of play, that's what happens. You know, you let a team back in and, uh, and then, you know, it went in the opposite direction again. And it's almost like when the Avs kind of had to step up, they did. Nathan McKinnon once again put this team on his back. Uh, he he is, and I said this on Twitter. He is the best postseason hockey player right now, and I don't think you can really argue that. Uh, you know, if you want to say Connor McDavid is the best player on the planet, fine. When you're talking specifically about the postseason, it is Nathan McKinnon. Um, a hat trick for him, add in another assist. Uh, that's a four-point game, and he had a three-point game in in game number one. So, uh, you know, we'll get into the Nazem Kadri thing a little bit later too. So, it's not you know, it's it's not everything is is great right now. There are some holes to fix, uh, but 
again, you are up two to nothing in the series and you had two games on your home ice and you took care of them both. So you secured your home ice advantage and now you're going, you know, St. Louis has to look at this game one. Some people were saying like, ah, St. Louis could take some out of that game. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think they did enough in that game to really say, man, what can, you know, what can we do differently that'll work? I didn't feel that way after game one for them. Uh, in this one, I do. So I think the Avalanche really have to be on their toes. You're going back to St. Louis uh, with a team who, yeah, they're they're down 0-2, but they haven't had a game on home ice yet. And they came back. They came back. And the, the discrepancy in shots on goal to start this game was crazy. Let me bring it up. First period was 19 to 6. 19 to 6 and it ended 35 apiece. St. Louis outshot Colorado for the second and third periods. 14 to 9, 15 to 7. And it showed on the ice. It absolutely showed on the ice. The Avalanche just they couldn't get separation from St. Louis defenders when they were just skating around free will in the first period and a half. So St. Louis tightened up. It showed. Um, and in the end, that's what I think this is. The series is going to come down to I, St. Louis just doesn't have the speed and the depth that Colorado does. And, you know, the, they're going to be, they're going to fight for it. You know, they're in the playoffs. Of course, they're going to fight for it. But I think in the end, Colorado, uh, just their skill, their speed, and their depth are going to win out. And I think that's kind of what showed tonight. So uh, we'll get a little deeper into it and kind of check out some stats, some guys that played well. And, of course, the Nazem Kadri stuff. Here we go again. Uh, so, yeah, just you, you hate seeing that. So. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from rockauto.com. And rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. And see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. So the one of the questions coming into game two was uh, where to slot Bowen Byram. We talked about it uh, in yesterday's show. And, you know, if you were just talking around with Avalanche players and uh, reading some articles and journalists that follow the Avs, that was that was a question. What what do they do with him? <clears throat> and I think I I was anticipating him not playing in this game for the simple fact that game one went so well for Colorado. Why really break that up? Uh, and 
Now you have to ask that same question. Yes, the Avs won six to three. It didn't go as smooth as game one, but overall the Avs, you know, they, they like I said, they got the win and yeah, things went right. Um, and then they left the foot off the gas and things didn't go as well. And you let St. Louis get back into the game when you had a three to nothing lead. So obviously with Bowen Byron being a defender, uh, where where does he slot in, if <clears throat> anywhere right now? I mean, the first thing that you look at is is time on ice and who has the least amount of time on ice. And, and for two games in a row now, it's, it's Timmons. It's Connor Timmons. I think he only had eight minutes plus in game one. He had just over 11 in this game. Um, a lot of people are <laughs> wanting Nemeth out of the lineup right now. Uh, I think overall, some guys struggled in this game on the defensive end. Nemeth did. Um, Ryan Graves, again, had good moments and bad moments. There's sometimes where he just he's not, he just does not look comfortable with the puck on his stick. And it, it somehow jumps around on his stick more than anybody else that I, I am watching. Um, and I think that gets into your head. Like, you know, in other sports, things get mentally implanted into your brain, like a golfer who gets the the yips, as they call them, or, you know, uh, a baseball player who just cannot throw to first base or whatever. It gets in your head. It messes with your head. I, th- I, don't, I don't know if that's the case with because hockey happens so fast. You don't have time to think about it like you do in those two particular sports. So you have to go, go, go. But he, he just seems to be a little bit off. There's times where he makes good plays, and that's why you keep him out there. And he's a big body. <clears throat> so Graves is, is safe in that aspect. I think this comes down to Timmons and Nemeth. And if you're going off of, you know, uh, I guess youth versus experience and time on ice, you would assume Timmons would be the one that's pulled for Byram. <clears throat> um Going into game three, it'll be really, really interesting to see now. I don't think Jared Bednar is incredibly happy with this performance, other than the win. Uh, I, you know, I, I started recording this right after the game was over, so I have not heard his uh, post-game comments yet. We'll play those for tomorrow's episode, but uh, I, I'm guessing he is going... It's, it's almost going to mimic the game one post-game press conference. Happy with a lot of things and unhappy with others. Uh, I think the main thing is you're, you're unhappy that you had a three-to-nothing lead at home, everything's going well, and why did they let up? What was the, you know, he, he always uses the term compete level. That's one of his favorite phrases is the compete level. And I can almost guarantee you he's going to say that that their compete level went down after they got a three to nothing lead. And that can't happen. But why is that? Who's who's at fault there? Well, if you want to fast forward a little bit further, uh, a lot of this hangs on Nazem Kadri because Naz can be one of your best friends or he can be one of your worst nightmares. And I don't know 
I hate to say this, but is Nazem Kadri playing his way out of Colorado? Jared Bednar is not going to be happy with what he did. That was a deliberate shot to the head. Uh, got him kicked out of the game, and it put St. Louis on a five-minute major penalty where they did get one goal out of it. I think it was about a minute and 20 seconds or something like that when they got the goal. Uh, but obviously because it's a major, they stay on the on the power play. Uh, and that was you know, the, the worst that happened of it, which is bad, obviously, is giving up a goal. But not only that, you know, your big three, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Gabe Landeskog, do not take part in penalty kills. Those guys are not on the ice for a full five minutes in the game. So, sure, you can, you know, spin it and say, well, when they eventually do get back on the ice, they're, they are, you know, amped up and ready to go. That means nothing. They're always amped up, ready to go. You keep those guys on the bench for five minutes and you let the team back in the game uh, and then you get kicked out. He He's a he's a good postseason player. And a lot of people were looking for him to really step it up again because he really slowed down towards the end of the regular season. And I think he got a little bit of a pass from kind of the fans really not getting on him and saying and people were like, oh, he hasn't scored. And it was like 16 games, maybe even more than that. But nobody was really up in arms about it. Everybody was saying, well, the playoffs are around the corner. Nas will be okay. Uh, but it has so far, and it's only two games. I get it. But now he's going to be out for how many games? He's a repeat offender doing this stuff. He could be out for the rest of this series. So uh, what's his contract situation? like? Let me bring that up really quick. So he still has next year to go on his contract. So he's finishing out this year, and he has next year it's incredible to me how at the beginning of the season, when we would talk about, you know, make guesses on the Kraken draft and who we were protecting, we never had Tyson Jost in that discussion. And we were even saying the Kraken, the one player they would take from Colorado would probably be, probably be Tyson Jost to now. He's a guy that wouldn't be surprised if we protected him compared to in the beginning of the season, Nazem Kadri was a surefire frozen player to are we talking about him not being protected and not just because of this hit I can guarantee that'll play into it but he hasn't been the player that he was last year that's for sure he's managed let me bring his stats up he's managed 32 points on the season 11 goals 21 assists you know that's that's good uh, but when you look at his game log, it, that's heavily weighed toward the beginning of the season. So if he could have been consistent, yeah, you would have you have no doubt saying like he's he's a, a protected guy. Now you know when the season's over and you really kind of sit down and think about it, he still could be. I'm not saying the Avalanche are, are giving up on Nazem Kadri, and I love Nazem Kadri. I love the way that he plays. Uh, but but something lately, late in the season, he wasn't his normal self and it's carried over into the postseason. And then, you know, you think I was just thinking that like, you don't hear about Nazem Kadri doing dumb things. And, and then he did. And, you know, it's a quick game. I get that. But that was, uh, you know, he, he was lining him up. He was lining him up. And if you're going to hit him, go for the body. 
come on. <laughs> like you, you have a, a clear shot at a guy and if you want to take a hit at him, obviously take a hit, <clears throat> but that was direct to the head and that was bad. So that's a conversation for another time. And we can talk about that when the season is over and we're going through, you know, player reviews and things like that. But I can guarantee you the Avalanche are thinking about stuff like that. Jared Bednar is not going to stand for that <clears throat> at all. So we can we can pretty much put Nazem Kadri to the side, uh, I would say, for the rest of this series uh, because he's done it in the past. And we will probably hear from that quickly. You know, they're they're going to come down on that before the next game for sure. Uh, but he, he's not going to be there. Um, so that's the bad. That's the downside of things. Where do we go from here? What, what do we expect? Um, I just want to go through some stats as well. Uh, why don't we do that first? So um, obviously, where is it? Okay, Nathan McKinnon obviously with a four-point day. Jonas Donskoy. Two goals and an assist, a three-point day for him. Um, had had two two goals go his way that were were tippins. The very first one, which th- thought went to Ryan Graves, but he tipped that one in, and then a Nathan McKinnon one. McKinnon could have had four goals in this game, but Donsko you got a tip in on uh, his second goal, so. He played. He played good. He played better, which is nice to see because he hasn't really had one of those games in a while. So uh, three points for Don Skoy. <clears throat> Who else we got here? Um, Landis guy with two assists. Rantanen with two assists. <clears throat> so again, there's your top line. McKinnon with four points. Uh, two more for Landis guy. Two more for Rantanen. So eight points from your top line. And a plus five in total for all of them. They're they're doing what the top line should do, and St. Louis really doesn't have an answer for them. And yes, when when that's when they come off the ice, that's when St. Louis tries to do their the best that they can and get back into it, and it's worked, and it worked for them. So um, Grubauer thought he played well. Um, not, not his best game. Uh, the goal, I think it was, yeah, it was the Hoffman goal. It was a bad defensive play by Nemeth, but Grubauer, he didn't have to move much for it. Uh, and that, that, when that goal went in, I thought, oh man, this is going to be a game we're going to have to hang on. And because he just, that's a normal routine save for him. And that one got by him. And I was thinking, He's he's not on his game. We're gonna have to outscore these guys. So, but came up with some big saves when he needed to, and you know he's he's gonna have off nights, but he wasn't that much off. Like he, he was not his uh, solid. We're gonna shut these guys out self, but uh, did enough to get the win. So, all right, where do they go from here? What to expect in game three? We're gonna talk about that right after we hear from BetOnline.ag which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You have baseball season in full swing. Obviously, our NHL is in the postseason, so is the NBA, or they're playing games, whatever they're doing. I don't know. Uh, You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, 
NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action before the next pitch, puck drop, or slam dunk, or even three-pointer. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the games as your teams make their runs in the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget that promo code is locked on. Game three in St. Louis, Friday night. Love Friday night hockeys. Uh, so, like I said in the beginning, this is going to be a really, really tough game for the Avalanche. You have uh, a St. Louis team who came back on you. They were down three to nothing. And when you have the highest scoring team in the league up three to nothing on you, you could have just folded it in and say, hey, let's, you know, let's get back on home ice. Let's get through this game. Nobody injured. Maybe scrum it up for a little while, just kind of set the tone for game three. And like I said, St. Louis didn't do that. They battled back and they used the rest of the game to clearly try to win it, but figure out how do how do we play Colorado? What can we do against Colorado that we can take into game three? And I feel like they've achieved that. I feel like they have a lot to go on going into game three. So Colorado has to deal with that. Colorado has to to now, do they change up their game plan? I don't think so. I don't think you have to change up that much. You just have to execute better. You don't have to blow this whole thing up. You scored six goals. Uh, you won the game. So you don't have to change everything. You just have to be more consistent for 60 minutes. And then, and I think the Avalanche will readily admit that they were not. So that, for when it comes to the Avalanche, execute fully and always. And don't settle. And don't take your foot off the gas. If you get up uh, like you did, know what just happened can happen again. And especially you're on their ice now. Uh, I don't know what the protocols are in St. Louis. Fans can be in the arena. Uh, I'm guessing it's some. So, you know, you're going to have that crowd. Just as Colorado players were saying after game one uh, that it was noticeable, the increase in fans, and, and that really uplifted them. And, it, you know, that that's what home ice does. The fans are a part of it. It's going to be the same thing for St. Louis. So the Avs have to know that, St. Louis maybe have figured out a couple things. And they have St. Louis, how I'm saying, like Colorado has to execute. St. Louis absolutely has to, or they don't really have a, a, a good chance. Uh they they have to execute to a T for a full 60 minutes to really beat this Colorado team. But they're disciplined enough to do it. And so are the Avalanche. And they didn't. They didn't. They got up three and thought maybe they thought St. Louis was going to fold and go, you know, uh, just get out of the game with no injuries, which clearly did not happen. <laughs> they amassed a couple more injuries. Um, so uh, Avalanche obviously going to be without Kadri. We don't know what's going on COVID wise with St. Louis. Perron was still out. Uh, so uh, who knows? Who knows if he's going to be back? Uh, and that will make a difference for them. So it, it uh, game threes 
in this scenario, when the the home ice team takes both games, and then you know the team that's down two to nothing goes back home for their first home game, those are, in my opinion, always the most difficult games. Um, and if the Avs can come away with this one, obviously that's a commanding three to nothing series lead, and you can pretty much, you know, close the book on this thing. Not 100%, I understand that, but you're, you're feeling good. You're feeling good if you can get that first win on their ice. Uh, so I think this is going to be a challenging, challenging game for the Avalanche. Uh, but they know if they just play their game, St. Louis is going to have a tough time hanging with them. Uh, now we get to see what the abs do roster wise to take the place of Nazem Kadri. So, uh, we'll be talking about that tomorrow. I'm sure his suspension is going to come down, uh, swiftly and quickly. Um, so we'll talk about that. Who's going to slide in to replace him. I'm going to get some line changes, I'm sure. And anything else that happens. So, uh, that's going to be it for today, everybody. Bottom line, yeah, a lot going on in this game. Some things you feel good about, some things you don't. But uh, the one thing that you definitely should feel good about is the Avs with a 6-3 to win and have a 2 to nothing series lead. In the end, that's all that matters. So, that'll be it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's always appreciated. We'll see you tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go! Go, Abs, go!